This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Welcome back to the Influential CEO Podcast. As you would have seen in today's episode, we are diving deep into my story and my journey in business, I guess you would say, and it's a long one. So I want to just preface that this episode I could set with the intention of being short or it could be really long, but I wanted to have, I guess, a dedicated episode so you guys really get to know me for all of the stages I've been through, all of the things that I've navigated in business. Because recently, especially over the last week, I've just been deep in my camera roll, mainly cleaning out, but also just going back through all of the content over the last couple of years. And I feel like in that, I've been just almost blown away in reflection of how insane the last couple of years have been. And there's so many things that you, I think, forget along the way in different stages that you've been through that you almost just forget and you don't realize how pivotal each stage was in your journey to where you are now. And I know that so many people would come onto my Instagram or come to my business now and think, oh, she's just like in this position where she's built a successful business and all these different things are happening for her. But I swear I have been through every single stage in business that, you know, any of you listening are potentially going through if you're starting or if you're, you know, a few years along in your journey in business. And yeah, I just wanted an episode that we could dedicate to that because I have a lot of wisdom to share and so many lessons along the way. And yeah, it has been a journey. We're going into every single era of O'Reilly. Riley May, Riley Fit PT, RFPT. Oh, that's my favorite. Can't wait to unpack. <laughs> Is that where it started? That's where it started. 2019. Yeah, right. Insane. So in 2018, and I just want to give a little bit of backstory, pretty much in high school, I wasn't necessarily the best student. Oh, <laughs> cats out of the bag. Cats out of the bag. Sorry, mom. I didn't like being at school. Yeah. No, it wouldn't say that I was a bad student, but I just didn't love being at school. I knew that whatever I was going to do in terms of a career, it was going to look like helping other people. I was always very active into sport growing up. So I knew I wanted to be somewhat in the health space. I was always thinking of starting, um, you know, my own gym one day or having something in, I don't know, counseling or personal development. Like I really loved all of that, but I had no I guess, vision, context, language for what that was going to look like. And I never made myself wrong for that. But Mm. in years 11 and 12, I honestly was just plodding along. I was doing my cert three and four in personal training, mainly because I was allowed to have two and a half days out of school. Perfect. (laughs) And it gave me so many spares. So I was just living my best life, (laughs) doing the absolute bare minimum. So did you do OP? No. No. Okay. Interesting. No, I did three from memory. I did three subjects. So I was in English. I did the lowest level math that you could do or not the lowest, but you know, the bare minimum. <laughs> like maths say. A or pre-voc? No, I think math A. Okay. Yeah. But look, I'm well, going to be honest. I did fail. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a fun fact. Did you really? No, I did fail math in grade 12. Yeah. Fair enough. Who At needs least it? the first two terms or the first sort of semester. Just not interested or didn't? Well, a bit of both. So I would say that one, I was very distracted by the couple of people I was in that class with. We would spend most of our lessons editing videos and doing different things in Final Cut and iMovie. So that's sort of where yes. it took a turn for the worst. And then on top of that, I just didn't care. Yeah. You know, truthfully, we're learning about things that I was like, I don't ever see how I'm going to apply this to my life. And I guess fun fact about me, if I don't think something's going to benefit me directly, I'm probably not going to engage. Yeah. 
And it kind of started with math in grade 12. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So that was that. And it was funny as well because I actually went into a test and it would have been probably the first time of grade 12. And I did the test and I came out so confident. I'm like, I have fucking nailed that. Mm. I'm like, guys, I don't know about you, but that felt really good for me. And everyone else was like, oh, it was actually quite challenging, different things. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, Sorry you struggled. Yeah, sorry you struggled. (laughs) Anyway, two weeks later, you get your results back. Everyone's opening Bs, Cs, As, all the different things. D minus. (laughs) Shit. Missed the concept. (laughs) Missed the concept. So, I don't know. It was easy because I probably just wasn't answering the right questions. Yeah. There you go. Well, maths is one of those things that's like if you don't get like get mm-hmm. one thing right, you're kind of fucked. Like if like if A equals plus C whatever and equals Z mm. and you miss what A is, then you're not going to get Z. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. And I just wasn't worried about it. I really loved PE in high school. I loved doing – obviously, I love PE because we were just – playing basketball and and doing different things but I equally loved writing so English was definitely like the place that I thrived and I also did biology so I feel like I was really good at bio I loved like that sciencey side of things but definitely more like the English PE and then obviously doing my traineeship out of school as well so I was loving that and I think at the time I didn't know yet what I was going to do I feel like everyone in high school and I don't know if this is like dependent on where you live in the world but I feel like in Australia there's definitely a pressure or an expectation that you go to uni. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. From parents, from teachers, from just like the, I guess, school system and what the the pathway is. It's like you're either going to study or you work full time. There's kind of no options for yeah. anything in between. So I remember going to my school kind of guidance counsellor, whatever it may have been at the time, to talk about different pathways. And I decided that I was going to do occupational therapy. Mm-hmm classic yeah <laughs> so I got in for that and I don't really know how because I didn't do my OP I didn't <laughs> do like whatever you had to do to get your score but whatever I did to get around that as like a loophole I got the equivalent of like an OP 12 right Look, maybe it was like a TAFE course or something or was it at uni no I, I literally got into uni isn't that just so interesting like mm. such a loop yeah loophole an absolute loophole so I don't know how but I did and Anyway, if this doesn't sum up who I am as a person, I went to the, um, what do you call it? Like the discovery day, the, uh, yeah, like, o- well, open day, the O-week onboarding day or whatever. I remember <laughs> O week. That's when you start, <laughs> that's when you start uni. Yes. Yeah. So the O-week. day before that. you go into uni to actually study. So you're like learning more about your course and yeah, all the yeah. different things. Anyway, I rock up with my phone in hand. And we walk into this big sort of room, lecture room, I guess you would call it. Can you tell how many weeks I went to uni? Yeah, Yeah. lecture room. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Spoiler. (laughs) Everyone had bags, books, laptops, lab coats. I can't make this up. And they were talking about the expectation and the requirements and how long you'd be studying for and all the different things. And I just sat there in that moment and thought, there is no way I can do this. Not in the sense that I didn't think I could do it, but this just wasn't the place for me in any sense of the word. I didn't even know we needed a lab coat. I didn't even know we had to get books from the library. I just wasn't built for that. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I literally couldn't agree more. Like when I went to uni, it was just like, is there a secret group chat? That I'm not in. <laughs> and we're all saying, yeah, let's bring our lab coats. Let's. Well, it wasn't lab coats for me, but like mm. everyone knew shit. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, Yeah, what email did I miss? Yeah. Or did I delete it? Yeah, legit. I don't and know. Probably. Yeah, honestly, probably. For both of us, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So I went home to mum and was just like straight up, I cannot do this. And she was like, 
stress less, let's go into the uni and we'll swap your degrees. So I changed to, drum roll, sports science. (laughs) Okay, yes. Classic. So I changed to sports science. I went for five weeks. We played frisbee. I was learning different things. I was not engaged at all and I was very confused with why I was doing what I was doing. You know, every single day I rocked up and I was like, I just know this isn't for me. I know this isn't getting me closer to whatever it is that I want to do. And at that point, because I had done my Cert 3 and 4 in high school, I was completely qualified as a PT. So I actually was working as a PT during that period at the studio that I you know, got my qualifications in at mm. the time. So I knew that I had that qualification. I knew that I could go out on my own and actually earn you know, fairly good money and start my own business and different things like that. And it was always in the back of my mind. And I feel like just being the person that I am and by nature and personality and all the different things, I knew that I wanted to work for myself in some capacity at some point in my life. I just didn't really know what that was going to look like. But essentially, I pretty much spent every single lecture, every single day at uni for six weeks just planning my PT business. Wow. Honestly, that's what it looked like. (laughs) It was a bit like maths, you know? Yes. So I'm actually editing a video. You Mm. talk, you do you, but I'm going to do my own thing. (laughs) But then you're paying like thousands of dollars a day. Thousands of dollars. And we'll get to that. But I was pretty much like, I love what you've got going on here, but I'm going to be over here doing it. Respect this, love this for you. For me, I'm actually going to do this. Thank you so much. This makes more sense. And (laughs) I remember going home and I think there's like a census cutoff date in uni. So potentially five weeks into the semester, you can quit and you don't pay for that semester or whatever it may be. Again, me being me, did I have any of this information? I didn't. But at the six-week mark, so just after the census, it could have even been more eight weeks, I went home to mum and dad and I was like, look, this isn't for me and I can't do this. And we had a massive conversation. It was actually the first time in my life and mum will laugh listening to this and she'll be like, no, I didn't, but they did. She said to me and dad said to me, we're really disappointed in you. Like this is very disappointing. You know, you quitting uni and, and not continuing and different things like that. And I don't feel like my parents have ever in their life told me that they're disappointed in me and that just like crushed me because I remember feeling like, oh my God, it somewhat felt like sink or swim where I'm like, if I'm doing this business thing, I have to go balls to the walls and make this work. Otherwise, I need to stay committed to what I have already committed to. And I remember speaking to dad and he um, yeah, sat down with me and we were talking and I'm like, dad, give me four years and I'm going to build such a successful business than what I would be doing at uni. I'm like, mm-hmm. just give me four years. In the same time that I would be studying, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make you proud and just watch me. And their thing always was you either study full-time or you work full-time and there's no there's no option for in-between. And I really respect that now and I think in, in hindsight, I can kind of look back at my childhood and upbringing and I'm so glad mum and dad were the way they were and, and pushed us the way they pushed us because it was never outside of, you know, these unrealistic expectations, but it was like, well, no, this is a standard and if you're going to live at home and work full time, you pay rent and all these different things and that was always the standard and I met that. So in my mind, I'm like, if I'm doing a business, I have to make this full time almost ASAP because I'm going to prove my point mm. and I'm going to make it work. Mm. So off the back of that, I, at the time, mum and dad were building like a little Airbnb studio at the back of our house and T was actually building it with dad. And I said to them, I'm like, what are the chances? (laughs) Let's pivot the Airbnb (laughs) idea. (laughs) So I know that you're doing this for you, but I'm like, what are the chances we make this about me? (laughs) Essentially. Like, what What are the odds? Like, just hear me out. And Shoot your shot. Exactly. And for context, they already had built an Airbnb at the front of our house. So this wasn't me, like, ripping away their only 
opportunity (laughs) but I was like what do you reckon and them being the people they are they were like of course they support me wholeheartedly and I paid rent and all different things like that but I built out my little studio out the back. I borrowed, I think, $300 from mum and dad at the time to buy equipment off Facebook Marketplace. And I quit my other PT job and I started my own business. And I just essentially started my Instagram from scrap one day. I still remember the first photo that I posted and I'm like, something's coming, dot, dot, dot. Oh, and it was. Yeah, and it was. (laughs) And I think at the time, I can't quite remember my username, but it would have been like Riley Fitness or something like that. And I had, when I tell you, like, I actually had no idea what this was going to look like. It was all just me completely winging it from day one. I'm like, okay, I think you need this. I think you need that. And it's so funny when, you know, I look back, it was like, I would print out all of these, um, like forms and consent forms and like client onboarding and all this different stuff. And I had these big folders all with like paper copy, like contracts and just different things like that for clients. And it was, it was so cute. And I actually think back and I so would, cute. so cute. And then every Friday I would sit there and I would like do invoices for clients. And I really just didn't know what I was doing. Straight up. <laughs> like, that's, that's my story. But you had one heck of a folder. Yep. And one heck of a, I, I guess, a mindset to support whatever I wanted to do where I look back. Too. Yeah. But I look back and I'm like, wow, I just never, I never needed to know to do it. Yeah. And I think that's a huge lesson where it's like, you don't need to know. You don't need to have the website. You don't need the beautiful Instagram. You don't need all these different things. You just need to do it. And at that time, it was very much like, okay, sink or swim, what's it going to be? And I guess in my mind too, I've never had, um, I guess I've never had the option in my mind to not be successful. As silly as that sounds, I'm like, I know I'm going to succeed at anything I do because I know that I'm willing to do whatever I have to do and what's required of me to make it work. So I started my Instagram and seriously, since the day I started my Instagram, it would have been like March of 2019. I have showed up on Instagram every single day in my business. Wow. Like there would not be a day that's passed that I haven't. Wow. And I feel like there's something to that for sure. You know, I hear people a lot start businesses and it's like the consistency conversation, the commitment and all these different things. I'm like, I grinded that Mm. first year in business. You know, I was, I think charging and I would definitely have a price list, which I might even post on the influential CEO podcast Instagram. But I think I was charging like $30 for an hour session, 70 for two per week, 90 for three, or you could get 10 for 300. Wow. So I'm just doing the minimum. Like, honestly, I'm like, how can I just get people in? And I would honestly earn between like three and 700 a week. And it would kind of slowly build up to that 700 mark. And I remember I was sitting at the table outside with dad, because obviously I was working at home and and all the different things. And he was home for lunch one day. And I'm like, dad, I reckon I'm going to make like 50, 60 K this year. Because I had done math on paper. No, I'd sit there and I'd be like, 700 times 52 and like do all this math. Yeah, it was Pass that math test, no worries. Literally. (laughs) Then I'd be like, and then if I do this off the side, what's that going to make me? I was just so obsessed with like the hustle, as as silly as it sounds. It's not necessarily the way I lead in business now. But at that point in early stages, I think there has to be this energy of like, I'm fucking hustling yeah, and I'm going hard and I'm staying up till 12 o'clock and I'm fucking around in Canva and I'm doing stuff and I'm learning and I'm evolving and I'm eating the frog and I'm undercharging and like whatever it may be because you're just so obsessed with what your goal is at that time and you're so obsessed in that building phase that it's not about earning millions of dollars and it's not about even necessarily scaling. It's just about I'm here and I'm doing it and I'm committed to learning and evolving and I don't need any reward external of myself 
to be the thing that propels me. Like I didn't need to earn more money for that to be the motivation. I didn't need to sign more clients. I was just doing my thing out of pure joy and love and excitement. And it didn't matter what happened external. It was just an internal, like, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm committed to. Mm, So cool. And I just love that version of me because I'm yeah. like, wow, she just went hard. Yeah. And I kept upgrading my gym equipment and I would get like better flooring and then I installed mirrors and then I got like a cable machine and got a better bar and like it all just kept moving and growing. And that to me was so exciting. Like when I could pay, I think it was like maybe $500 for new flooring, like proper gym flooring. I was like, I fucking made it. Yeah, legit. <laughs> I have made it. I'm like, have you guys seen my gym flooring? <laughs> <laughs> This shit's legit. <laughs> oh my God, it's so relatable. Yeah, but it was so exciting. And you've experienced the same. Like oh, even 100%. with the studio, it's like, look what you've got now. And, and you, I don't know, unless you're in business, you just can't describe how pivotal these really small moments are. Because I know. It can only be felt and it, like from hindsight. Mm. And it's like, you know, at that time, it's like, I have actually made it. And then you go further and it's like, wow. Yeah. So much more to go. It's so beautiful. So much more. So when you first actually like started that, did you – how did you get your first client? All through Instagram. Right. And because obviously when you're in person, you know, PTing, it really is only like your local community. So at that time when I started my Instagram, a lot came over from my personal Instagram. So a right. lot of people from school or parents that I knew, I was heavily involved in like the surf club and whatnot. And I also coached nippers. So a lot of their parents then found out that I was PTing and would come and, and different things like that as well. But I probably had three to five clients for the first four months, say. Right. And I was just loving life. Some would come for three times a week. Some would come for two. Like it was just dependent, but I loved that period so much. And that's kind of how that grew. And then I would say absolutely word of mouth and then socials, you know, it probably took me 10 months to grow my Instagram to a thousand followers. Mm. And also during that time, what's worth kind of noting was I started YouTube and I started just Facebook groups and different things like that. And I went hard. Mm. Like I really was just like, I don't care what I have to do and I'm just committed to doing it and there's no reward. And I think this is also the the, the lesson, fact, right? The yeah. lesson where it's like, I wasn't posting on YouTube getting thousands of views you know it's monetized it's making me money I'm like I can see a direct like um yeah I guess like I can see a direct reward from doing that but I did it every single it was faith yeah it was just knowing that it was contributing to a bigger outcome than and a result that I knew that I could have one day and at that point that was obviously 2019 and towards the end of the year I knew that like face-to-face PT was not something that I wanted to do forever you know I loved it it was very early mornings very late nights I was doing um, F45 at the time as well like working very part-time there because they had Mm. offered me a job and I was just busy yeah like my days from about 4am till 9pm I was just working and then after 9pm I'd be like on my laptop creating content Mm. and like doing all the things so at that point I was like I'd love to move my business online I have literally no idea how to do this I don't know how to coach online I don't know what that looks like I don't know what you do do you do calls do you do this do you do that and I learned and at that point I had no mentors or no one that I knew in the industry, but I was just like, okay, I, I trust that I can make this work. I've make it, made it work once rather in person, so I can definitely make it work again. And that's when I pivoted and then come Feb, March of 2020, we all know what happened. We all <laughs> know. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point I was just forced into it and, and pretty much overnight I would have lost like 80% of my income mm. easily, probably more like 90 because I just couldn't work. Yeah. And 
I remember launching a program. It was like an eight-week program online. This was all run through a Facebook group and it was something like $10 a week during COVID. And I'm like, $10 a week and we're going to train together. And I would do lives like four mornings of the week. Wow. And that's kind of how that started. Then I'm like, all right, I'm into it. And I'm, I'm online now and it's yes. And a Facebook group and it's doing different things like that. And then I got trainerized and I started actually, you know, packaging up things, which I'd never done before. I'm like, Oh, I offer a 12 week program. <laughs> and at the time I called that a 12 week reset. And that was purely for fitness clients and, and to a degree mindset, but I wouldn't have called it mindset at the time. It really was just fitness. And for all of 2020, I pretty much worked online and then back with clients when they were allowed to kind of be back in studio. And I was just focused on building out that offer. And it was yeah, the 12-week reset. It was one-to-one coaching. I had, I think at one point, and it would have been towards the end of 2020, like 40 clients in the 12-week reset. And I would do, I have a photo of this actually of my calendar. I would do like 40 one-to-one calls from Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday every single week. Wow. Wow. Back to back. So (laughs) one-to-one calls in that space, because I'm not really familiar with like the fitness space, is that just like discussing, you know, um, the program, like the fitness program that you've given them for their reset or is it what's it actually talking about yeah so at the time it was very much about like their training their progress how they're feeling how they're going and quickly and if any you know coaches are listening to this you know that very quickly in the fitness space it turns into doing more mindset stuff you know where yes we're speaking about nutrition we're speaking about training but it's going to quickly turn into what's happening behind the scenes how they're feeling you know body image all these different things and that's sort of what pushed me into being like wow I love I love this type of coaching like I love the women that I'm working with is it sustainable working with 40 one-to-one clients? It's not. Is it sustainable doing 40 calls, you know, in the first two days of the week? It's not, but I loved it. Mm. Like I genuinely loved it. And at that point I'd worked with like hundreds of women and I didn't know how to build a business. Like I was just doing my thing. It was working. Socials were building. I was still so committed to all the different sort of, I guess, money pathways I'd built at at that point being, you know, the online space and also my in-person. And then it was also worth noting that during COVID in the first 12 weeks, and I feel like this is you know, again, it's it's now in reflection, I can see this, but it's that part of you that always innovates and adapts. Mm. I, from pretty much a day COVID hit, was like, I'm going to do an ebook. And I spent, like, don't get me wrong, I spent way too long <laughs> creating this ebook. But for 10 weeks, I remember I was just balls deep in creating this ebook. And I did it and I launched it and it did really well. And yeah, that was just another example of like, I don't know how to write an ebook. I don't know what's required, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then I did it. Mm. And I think that was just a huge year for me because obviously during that period, it was scary for a lot of people, you know, and I did lose a lot of my income and different things like that. But I also, I guess, built a lot of resilience as so many people did. And I just learned that like, I can do anything, Mm. you know, even if something happens that does really shift the trajectory of your business. You can adapt, you can change, you can evolve and you can do things different. And I learned that lesson, I guess, early in business because it was only my second year. And then come the end of 2020, I was not at all in the coaching space in terms of like the online mindset coaching, business coaching, anything like that. I didn't really knew it existed, to be honest. I was like, I don't, I don't even know about this. But I said to my dad, I'm like, I think I want to get a business coach. Mm. And he was like, what's a business coach? And I'm like, 
mm, interesting. <laughs> I don't actually know. So I was like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what it looks like. But I reached out to a business coach on Instagram and was just like, hey, I'm interested in coaching. What does that look like? And I remember getting on a call with her and she said to me, so it's $6,000 for six months. And I was like, oh my goodness. And we spoke and we spoke and we spoke. And I was like, yep, I'm going to do it. Let's commit. And then off the back of that call, I was talking to T, I was talking to my family, I was kind of telling a few friends and everyone was just like, no, you should not do this. Like, who is this girl? Why would you pay her $6,000? Like, that's just ridiculous. You know, what's she going to tell you that you can't Google? What's she going to do for you that you can't, you know, find out somewhere else? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't have any evidence. I couldn't back them up with being like, well, look at this person's experience. Well, look at this person. You know, I really was the only person in my life going first in in that way. And I remember I called her back, this business coach, and I was like, hey, I'm going to pull out. I just don't have the money for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all just absolute BS because I did. Mm. But it was just so scary to me to invest $6,000 in something Anyway, she said to me, you know, you made a commitment and I'm going to hold you to that. And I'm so glad she did because – Six months later, I had worked incredibly hard during that period to build my online business and I was still doing face-to-face PT, but I was working very, very hard in that space. I also hired a VA for the first time. I moved out of home. All these different things happened and my outgoings just like 10 times compared to what they were beforehand. And I stopped PT and I had a huge dip in my income as well. So I think at that time I was probably earning, this is the start of 2021, around like $900 a week from memory. And by the time that I had covered all expenses every single week, I literally had something like $35 or $50 spare. A lot of things that I was doing at that time didn't make a lot of sense based on the position I was in business-wise. You know, I was earning pretty much the least amount that I'd been earning in quite a long time at that point, probably the last 10 months. I wasn't necessarily in a position to outsource and hire a VA, but I did. I wasn't really in a position to be paying a coach, but I did. And in that period, I was learning a lot about business and I was actually planning for my first big launch and I was launching a group program. So at this point, still mid 2021, I'm doing 41 to ones a week. Like that's my business model and that's how it looks. And I knew that, you know, based on what I had learned from this mentor, I'm like, this isn't sustainable. You know, this isn't going to work. And I was doing a lot of mindset work at that point and just going through, I guess, like my own evolution and learning a lot about myself. And that's when I launched my six month mentorship off the back of a five day free program. And I had an 120K launch in, in sales. Incredible. It was insane. Can I just ask a question about that initial conversation with your mentor that held you to that um, investment? Mm. how do you actually feel though? Like, you know, you've just mm. been like, hey, I'm going to pull out. They've said no. Mm. It was, it was, yeah, it was full on at the time because I wasn't in that world. I didn't, I didn't have the standards conversations. I didn't have the integrity conversations. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't get it. Honestly, I didn't get it. But it was funny because a part of me was so happy she did that because I didn't actually want to tap out. Yeah, because you, yeah, you wanted that and all your family were projecting and friends. Yeah, completely. And again, I didn't even have the language for that. I'm not like, my family's projecting on me because they're just trying to keep me safe. You know, bottom line, they're like, hey, no, like that's not going to, that's not going to help. Just do it this way. So everyone else is trying to keep me safe. And I knew I'm like, no, this is my next step. I knew like Mm. intuitively, I just woke up one day in November and was like, I need a business coach. Where did that come from? I don't know because I wasn't in that world. But I really wanted her to to say that and I'm so glad that she did because if she had turned around and been like, yeah, no worries, 
there, yeah, things just could have looked a, a lot different. Totally. And I'm so glad I did. And I think at that point, you know, mid-year, and, and I want to make a point of this, I spent six months in mentorship not having any growth in my business. Yeah. And this is where a lot of people go wrong, I believe. You know, I've had so many iterations of this over the years, but when we do a course, a program, a masterclass, a you know, a private container, whatever it may be, a mastermind. It's like, we expect this growth, you know, rapidly because it's like, I've invested in this thing and now I should, you know, automatically see a a return on that investment and all these different things. But for me, I'm like, I stuck that mentorship out and not even stuck it out, but I was just committed to doing what I needed to do in mentorship for six months. A lot of it was internal work. A lot of it was my own growth that I had to go through in order to even get to a point where I could even you know, bring in 120K. Like you can't just do that through doing it in a strategic way and different things like that. You've got to be somewhat an energetic match for it, which is an entirely different conversation. But I had to do a lot of work. And when I had that launch and had the success of that launch, I just couldn't believe it because I think now I can see a part where I maybe just thought it was the norm at the time. I'm like, wow, like fuck people do this. This is insane. And I'd gone from earning like 900 a week to being like, wow, I'm going to bring in 120K in sales in the next six months. Yeah. And that was a massive, well, massive this, jump. This is where the quantum leap comes in, like the conversation around quantum leap. But it's funny because it's not really like it, it is, but it's like there was so much time where you were just like in the tr- trenches working through that and then that happened it wasn't like yeah I just decided I'm going to put out this offer and then quantum leap you know which is I I love that you brought that up yeah and it doesn't look like that no and there's just so much work that leads up to these things but it's so worth it and this is this is the evolution part and I think this is why I was just really wanting to tell my story because there's so many periods in business where nothing external is rewarding you You know, you're not being rewarded. You're just doing what you need to do. And that's where you have to have the, it's like having the hindsight before you have the hindsight where you can be like, I am so committed to whatever it is that I'm doing right now. I'm so committed to my mission, my purpose, my why, what I'm actually wanting to achieve here that I'm willing to do what I know I have to do. And if that means that I'm earning less for six months in order to have more time, have more space to do what I need to do to achieve whatever outcome I want to achieve, then so be it. And that was really what 2021 was about for me. You know, the first six months, I was not earning anywhere near what I could have been earning at that time because I had to sacrifice, you know, a face-to-face PT and sacrifice a few clients. So I actually had time in my week to execute what had to happen in order to have that launch. Mm. So if I, you know, stayed stuck in the mindset of, oh my God, but my income's going to dip and all these different things, I would never have had that result because I never would have had space to create it. Mm. And that was huge for me. So once I launched that, business just changed. I was like, oh my goodness, like this is scaling a business. This is having financial freedom. This is time frame, all these different things, you know, and I was just getting a taste for it. And I was loving the way things were moving. And towards the end of that year, which was 2021, I was like, okay, I'm ready for a new mentor and I'm just ready for for something different. Like I'm ready to send it. essentially where I'm like, okay, I've, I've dipped my toe in the water. I've done really well. And I know what, what it looks like now, but I'm ready for more. And that's when I hired my long-term mentor, Mm Jesse at the end of 2021. And essentially that next year in 2022, which is only last year. So it's, it's fresh in my mind, but there was just so much movement in a 12 month period. I can't even 
describe it to you. And at that point, I was really craving being in the mindset space. You know, I'd love the fitness space and I love doing all of that. But I was like, I'm ready for more. I'm ready for more of these conversations. I'm ready for more impact and just different things that I wanted to be speaking and teaching. And I guess, you know, the first sort of three to five months of mentorship with Jesse and mind you, I signed up for I think a three-month container at $7,777, which was a, a you know a bit of a leap for me where I was like, wow, okay, I'm doing it. Like mm. that's that's a bit of a jump. And then come the second container, because I signed up again, I think it had jumped to potentially around like the 10 to 12K mark. And then third was around like the 20. And then I think my fourth was 25. So in that year, I had seen my mentor move from 7K to 25K and I had actually met her that entire time in that, which was really cool for me because it showed what happens when you commit to one person, one mentor, Mm. and actually allow that evolution to take place together as well. Because meanwhile, she was, you know, scaling her business and earning more and doing all these incredible things. So was I. Yeah. So it really is that that energy, I guess, of collective growth. And yeah, like I said, I spent the first five months in mentorship. Again, not really seeing an increase in my revenue. But what happened in that time was my entire business model shifted and what was required of me shifted because all of a sudden what I was earning was the same as what I was earning before, yet I had less clients. I wasn't, you know, having to trade so much time for money. This, the the way I was doing things shifted and it created so much more space for me to then grow again. So even though I guess at times we can get stuck in just the mindset of always looking at the financials, you know, am I financially, you know, increasing and improving and all these different things? It's like, yeah, but Think about all the other avenues. Do you have more time? Do you have more energy? Are you doing more of the things that you love? Because that's what was happening in my business for the first five months, even though my income wasn't necessarily a reflection of that. And just for context as well, that last month of 2021 before I signed with Jesse or just as I signed with Jesse, I did my first 50K month as an online fitness coach. Incredible. And I mentioned that because I think what happens is, you know, we move into the business coaching space and we start to speak to finances and what we're earning and and different things like that. But I had done a 50K month and I was doing really high cash months when no one knew what I was earning. Mm. So I'd built a very successful business, but no one would have known, oh, she earns 50K a month. Because you're not posting about it as a mindset coach. Totally. And it's just not actually required and it's not even relevant to what I'm teaching or speaking to. But it's just interesting how I'm like, I did build a very successful business. And, you know, come mid-year of 2022, I had launched my first online programs in terms of mindset. And I had noticed a shift in my, I guess, content and in who I was attracting where I had always, and, and this happened for probably 12 to 18 months to be fair, I had a lot of girls in the fitness space that would message me and ask for mentoring when it came to business. Mm. So I was getting DMs being like, hey, I would love to learn from you. Like, would you ever take me on as a private client and, you know, support me in building a business? And I said to Jesse at the time, I'm like, I really want to do this and I really want to be a business coach. It was always, you know, something I was super passionate about. From day one of business, I would say my passion for business was almost greater than what I was building, if that makes sense. Like I love the business side of things. I know I'm preaching to the choir. (laughs) You're hitting me right in here. Yeah. I'm like, I love business. And yes, I love what my business is about, but I love business more. Mm. So when people were coming to me and DMing me being like, hey, I would love your support. I'm like, I would love to give you support because I know what to do. I know how to support you. I know how we can start to scale your business and just clean things up and, and actually, you know, achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. I've been there. I've done it. 
I want to help you. But a part of me was just not ready to let go of this identity that I had as Riley Fit PT and the fitness coach and the mindset coach. And that was my safety. Mm. So there was definitely a month or two where I was like fully in contemplation of, am I doing this? What does this look like? How am I going to pivot? And I guess what happened for me at the time is I went pretty much cold turkey on fitness content. I went completely cold on mindset content. Like I still had a little bit of it in there because I was still mindset coaching and to a degree I still do now, but I just started posting business content. And I think I launched my first masterclass and then I launched my first business course. And before that, I took on my first few business clients, I think at around like four and a half K, five K for a 12 week container. So I actually went back on my prices when I started um, business coaching because it was new and it was different and different things like that. And business honestly just went boom. I think I did my first 75K month in July of last year, did an 100K month in September. And it was just an insane period for me because I feel like I had fully stepped into what I actually wanted to do. Mm. I went through a massive transition last year around like March, April, May, where I kind of went from doing the palatable thing online and doing the thing that I thought I had to do to actually being who I was and speaking to things that I wanted to speak to and just I guess showing up online as who I actually was, not who I thought I had to be. Loving. I'm just in awe of you right now. I'm just (laughs) taking this all in because as someone who's actually been there for Mm. not all of it, but for a lot of it, um, just on the sidelines, just, you know, get it queen, whatever you're doing, I'm here for you. Mm. But to actually hear that internal dialogue, like Mm. of what you were actually facing throughout that time, it's just so, it's so eye-opening because from the outside, it just felt like you were like, intuition is what I want to do. I'm going to pivot a bit and I'm just executing. But like Mm. to hear you actually speak into the fears and like the, oh God, like, is this the right time? All those things is actually just blowing my mind a little bit, to be honest. Mm. The listeners probably like, yeah, same. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) The Riley Fit PT OGs are like, yeah, wow. I just thought it was so simple. Yeah. Yeah. I wish. It is simple, Mm. but it's not easy. Like this Mm. is the classic conversation. Mm. Incredible. Can I ask just like looking at this, and I'm not sure if you're getting to it or not, but there was an influential the influence. Sorry, we're the influential CEO podcast, but there was an influencer era mm. for you. Oh my goodness! And yeah. where where was that? Mm. Where did that fit in? It's so hard to tell my story and recall it all because it's just so like we could just we could stem off on so many different directions. Yeah, totally. But I guess the first like two years of business, so 2019, 2020 and 2021, so three years was completely me and my like somewhat influencer era. So I definitely had resistance to, I guess, show up online as a coach and really sell my products online. So even fun fact about that 120K launch, mm. I actually never sold that on Instagram. Where'd you sell it? Fully off the back of a five-day free program. Wow. And this was my resistance to sell. This was my resistance to call in money. This was my resistance to anyone seeing me as greedy or like you name it. I was like, I'm not going to be seen as that. And at the time, did I have any language for what I was? No, no, not at all. But I was so happy posting the discount codes for, for, you know, brands I was working with or sharing my clients' results and different things like that. I shared my business in terms of the doing, but never would I actually sell and never would I promote my product I guess you would say it would be like once every two months I might like post oh by the way I take on clients yeah I would just tap out so it was interesting and I would still attract clients and I was still super busy but 
hello, like I didn't sell any product because yeah. I was too afraid to, to sell essentially. And that's when I lost my Instagram. See, I've definitely missed a few things, but I lost my Instagram when I also signed with Jesse at the beginning of 2022. So last year, and that really sparked the shift in my content and the shift in, you know, who I was being online because I realized, wow, I'm not actually passionate about influencing. I'm not actually passionate about doing what I'm doing online currently. You know, it's served me up until this point, but I actually want to be a coach. I actually want to sell. I want to create more impact, attract more women, you know, do more things that are in my zone of genius and do more of what I do in my day-to-day life every single day. You know, what was being, I guess, shown online was like 1% of what was actually happening. You know, I was having all the success in business, but no one would really even know the extent of that or what I was actually doing in my business either because there was just so much happening. So I think that's also, again, why business went boom last year was because like shock horror, I started selling. Yeah. (laughs) Like imagine making more money when you start selling. Yeah. You know, and I'd built such a strong community for years and I lost my Instagram. Yes, but it quickly, you know, got back to not, not where it was, but half the following and very engaged following. And I think that's why things went well for me because I'd spent so many years building a really strong community and a really strong brand and people knew me and, and like trusted me in that, you know, we all know like the pillars of a personal brand, like, like no trust. That's Mm. huge when it comes to conversion. And I think that really supported me when I did start selling and I started educating and giving more value. People were almost like, Oh, where have you been this whole time? And of course I'll join your masterclass or of course I'll, you know, jump in a line baddie or that course or whatever it may have been because I had just never given them the invitation before even though it was there yeah totally so it was interesting yeah Mm. and I think a huge year last year as well and this is definitely worth mentioning in terms of my journey like strengthening emotional intelligence was just next level I think when you experience growth quite rapidly and of course I started sharing my income online and I took pivots in business and different things like that you're naturally going to receive a lot of projections and I did Mm. like who I don't think you could ever meet a business owner that can't sit here and be like no 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 one's ever projected on me no one's ever judged me no one's ever brought me down like it just it unfortunately just comes with the territory and I definitely experienced a lot of that last year but I was just able to yeah strengthen my emotional intelligence so much in terms of building a business and I learned a lot about myself as well last year and it was just a very pivotal time of healing my relationship with money and yeah different things like that and such a massive year and that's kind of where the year I guess ended it was just a whirlwind and it was huge and I just had a meeting actually with my accountant last week because what are we up to now mid 2023 which is just insane but I ended up wrapping up that financial year at 730k cash in my company because I pivoted to a company last year yeah huge huge and just interesting because I guess like to put it in like perspective, the growth of that, the previous financial year as a sole trader was about 230 and then in the, the next financial year as a company and just, you know, what I was doing and moving through, it's like 730 and there's so much that I could speak into there and I feel like there is like pillars and lessons that I can take from it. But I invested so much in myself last year. I put myself in masterminds. I put myself in private mentorship. I've committed to a private mentor for you know, two years now and there's something to that. And I think, you know, I I would never put my results or what I've done on private mentorship, on masterminds, on the courses I've done and different things like that. But from even hearing my journey, you know, it's an accumulation and it's a compound of all the different things that you do. And I'm just so proud of the way that I've led myself in business because I've always stayed true to me and I've always trusted in 
being the result that I need to move. You know, I haven't waited for, oh, I've seen someone do it. I've seen it be successful. So now I'll do the thing. I'm like, no, I'm going to create that result. Therefore, I'm going to trust it. And I haven't needed any evidence external of me to exist for me to move. Mm. And I'm not going to sit here and say like, that's been an easy journey or I'm some like superhero and all the different things in that. But it's just knowing that you get to do whatever you need to do, even if you haven't got this tangible thing to be like, yeah, guys, look, like it works because this person over here did it. It's like, you need to be a trailblazer in your own journey. Totally. And that can be very, very scary, but it's like leaders go first. And I think something I've done really well in hindsight is I have gone first in a lot of areas in my business journey and in just my journey in life. And yeah, there's just been so many eras and so many things that have happened in that time. But I've learned so much and I think this year for me you know I've obviously for those of you who do know me just been doing so much travel and I've been coming and going and all these different things are happening in my life and that's been another I guess stage of me navigating business when things aren't seamless you know business when you can't control your environment and different things like that and I am in a much more settled stage in business now where I feel like I've found my feet and I'm not experiencing these huge highs and huge lows I'm like no this is what it feels like when you're just doing your thing and you know who you are and different things like that but by no means is my journey done and I feel like I'm really just getting started which is so funny to say but it does I think always just feel like wow this is just the beginning And yeah, yeah, it's been four years, but I just feel like I'm getting started. I think so too. I'm excited to see what the next era brings. Mm, It's been, it's been a whole thing. (laughs) It's been incredible. And I feel like, you know, when you think about even the question of like, you know, what makes someone successful? Because I feel like it's often this thing that we're like looking for. Like, Mm. what's the answer? What makes me successful? How can I lead a successful life? But when I kind of zoom out and think about the periods in my business, particularly in my journey, rather, where things have somewhat gone boom, if you want to call it that, it's periods where I've really put myself in rooms of people who expand me. Mm. And I want to do an entirely different episode on this, but there is something about being around people who share a, a common goal. And I think we underestimate that so much where it's like the first two years of business, I was literally on my own. I was navigating it on my own. I was building it on my own. I did not have the conversations around business. I wasn't engaged in um, just accounts and people who were doing the same things as me. And the minute I changed that, things started to move so much faster than they'd moved in two years. And this is where we kind of speak about the time collapsing. And if there's any, I guess, advice I would give someone, it's like, put yourself in the room. You know, yes, it can be scary. Yes, it is scary. And I think it's like, we don't even need to have a conversation around that because it just is. Yeah. You know, and if it doesn't feel scary, you're probably not meeting enough of an edge. And I don't even mean financially, but if it doesn't scare you to put yourself in a room with 10 other women in business doing big things, probably don't do it. Mm. You know, it's like you need to be pushing yourself and knowing that that's going to be the thing that expands you beyond anything else. And that for me, I have seen so many leaps in myself and in my business when I've put myself in those rooms and I've invested in the mentorship and I've committed to evolving and learning because that is the way to dissolve so much time in your business. And I don't believe that, you know, building a scalable business or a successful business takes a long time. It's just doing it in a way that is actually the smartest, most efficient and effective way, knowing that there is some things that you actually just can't bypass, but you'll have way more support if you put yourself in those rooms as well when you're navigating those things, which is just the most invaluable, most important thing I believe you can do in business. 
I couldn't agree more. But guys, that's my story. (laughs) That's her story, guys. That's my story. And if you have any questions, let me know. And if you have any questions, just DM me on Instagram and DM me on my private. So at Riley May or the Riley May. And I'll tell you why my name is actually at the Riley May now, just for context. (laughs) Riley May is not available. (laughs) You're kidding. No. Someone stole your name. Someone stole my name. So I was like, you know what? When I was doing it, I'm like... It's going to have to be the Riley May. Does it feel obnoxious? Yeah, but does it make sense? It does. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's my story. But thank you for tuning in to this episode. Yeah, it's been a good one. And if you have any questions, like I said, just DM me. But if not, make sure you are subscribed to the Influential CEO podcast. Make sure you're in the community. Make sure you're on the Instagram. And we will be back in your ears very soon. Bye, guys.